0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Go Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Vicky Rameau, for today, tomorrow, and always. Last time on the Go Woman Podcast, I spoke to my mother and um, she left me with some wise words that have since stayed with me and I've been thinking about it a lot. She said that we have to find the courage to speak the unspeakable. Sierra Leonean woman who is going to join me in a conversation to talk about life in Sierra Leone um, as a girl and her life as a woman and what that experience has been. Um, So this is Jane speaking the unspeakable. Jane, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Um, So, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, Where were you born? Where did you grow up? Um, And tell me a little bit about your family.
1: Well, I'm Jane Williams. I was born at Freetown, Western Auburn at Wellington Street. I grew up there till we transferred to Coal Farm. I have two brothers and my parents are still alive. We're just a small family of three children.
0: Um, what are some of the most memorable moments or things that you want to forget about grow- being a child in Sierra Leone? What's the one thing you want to forget?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I want to forget is the abuse and different type um, different level taking from physical to emotional the mind and all so mainly that's what I want to forget as a child growing up in sterilum. It hasn't been easy for me, but I'll just try to keep focus and move ahead because it has all been bad bad experiences you know uh, My worst experience was when I was ripped, then I was in from two going to Form three, and the um the, way how my parents took it you know they had the perception that it was my fault and i've been living with that for over some time now and that has caused me to have the trust and relationship with my parents again so anything that happens to me i just keep it to myself even if it's something that is worth sharing so that's one of my worst experiences relationship wise yes i had a relationship that was very abusive but thank god I've moved up from that relationship and I'm trying to do something better for myself. Okay. Did you have any um, experiences
0: that you feel like should not have been part of your childhood?
1: Yeah I, I like the word you use experiences because it's not on one instance it's not on two instances but it's something that had happened to me that had been happening to me that i just took that it was something that was normal then but over the years i've come to realize that it's something that shouldn't have happened okay say when i was young um as young as say six seven eight i had an uncle that was coming over to my aunt he was my aunt's boyfriend and he was the first person that introduced me to so say kissing. And by then I was so young and it was so like disgusting and you know? all. He was an old man, but he was like, whenever he's around and there's no other person will be in the house, he'll be taking his tongue, putting it in my mouth and playing with my breast and my body, those kind of things, you know. And apart from that other man, we were staying with some of our cousins at home and they had the wild play like anytime that I'm sleeping they will be like touching my breast or like they will be touching my ass those kind of things so I was uncomfortable in the house till they left the place then I was sort of okay when they were not around because then I'll be like I'll sleep today without having to wake up to somebody's touching or so that's some of the things, the instances. Okay. Um,
0: when you were a girl and um, this was happening to you, this older man that you didn't want touching you was kissing you and touching you, um, did you tell anybody? And then if you didn't tell anybody, why did you feel like you couldn't talk to um, your aunt or your parents about what he was doing?
1: Well, the perception that we ha- that I had when I was growing up is, anything that happened to you, it's your fault. You could have prevented it and all. So, like, when that was happening to me, then I didn't have the confidence to, say, tell my parents or even to disclose it with anyone. Say, for the issue with the older men, and now this is my first time of sharing it with anybody. It has been with me all this while. I don't have the guts here to tell anyone. Even in school, after my incident of rape, none of my friends knew. And that was the process that I lost all friends and hopes in friendship and all. Till this day, I don't have close relationship with friends because I feel like sort of low and all. Just having that kind of low self-esteem and all to mingle with other people so yeah i have not had the opportunity to explain or to voice out my constraints to anyone it has just been with me bottled up all these years that it has been happening to me um
0: you said that when you were in jss2 that you were raped can you tell me what led to your rape? Where were you? What were you going? Who raped you? And um, what happened after you were raped?
1: Okay, I mentioned earlier that I lost interest in friendship and all. Well, the incident happened like this huh? we were coming from school, we were going to check for results. Then, so we were coming down the drive, the girl's school drive, and we met this guy. I was with a friend and she talked to the boy and they talked like they knew each other and stuff like that but it was drizzling like it wanted to rain sort of. So and he said well since it wants to rain let's go down to my place and my friend was like okay yes I know him let's go down he stays with my aunts they are all in the same compound and I said okay well let's go down there. So we went down there immediately we got there it started to rain shortly the rain stopped But it was still drizzling and all. So my friend said, okay, wait for me. I want to go and see my aunt. I was like, okay, well, I'll wait for you. Since you know this person and you have, I just built that trust and confidence that she knew the person and also that I was safe. And when she left, he started with the normal church, church. And I was like, no, stop this. I can't do this. What is this and all? But because I had said out to my friend that I'm going to wait for you and also like I was seeing it as something difficult to leave and stuff like that. And one of the reasons why I hadn't I, I want to left also was that in my house where we grew up, even if it wants to, to rain and you are somewhere you should wait. You come home you are soaked, you get beat. You, you, you receive some beating. I, uh, I was afraid to go home, wait, and to avoid the beating from my dad or my mom, anyone that I would have, met, would have met at home. So he started his advances. I was like, stop, I don't know you or something like that. He was like, just patient, those things, wait for your friend, those kind of things. I was like, okay, let me wait. But his advances continued, and he got violent started punching and all but i didn't have the strength to fight him off And all. so he had his way he raped me so i got home when i got home the rain still end up coming so my dad was like why didn't you wait for the rain now you are you are home you are wet take off your clothes i'm coming to flog you
0: why did your dad ask you to take off your clothes
1: because that's our normal routine whenever he wants to flog us you take off everything that you have on You'll just be left with your pants. So, I was on the table now when he noticed the blood and he was like, what is this? Oh, so you have started having sex. Oh, so you are now big and stuff like that. So, I started to explain, but he didn't believe me. So, he continued beating. When it got to the point that I couldn't take it anymore, I ran outside. And... When I ran outside, as I was looking up to the next compound, I just saw the the guy that the issue, the incident that occurred with alias So I pointed at him and said, "Look at the person that the thing happened with." So immediately I alerted the the people that were around. They got hold of him, and he came. They came with him inside the compound, and they asked him. He was like explaining that we, we that he knew me, that we've been dating. That's it's not the first time that we have had sex and stuff like that. And people started asking if it's not the first time then why is she bleeding today? So that was when it came out that oh, since you don't know the details, this is your first time and you don't even know her complete name or even her name. If you claim that it's somebody that you are in a relationship with Mm -hmm. and all. So the issue the incident got to the police.
0: How old was the man that
1: raped you? Well, to, according to the police reports, they said he was 18. But we later found out that he was 25. And how old were you at the time? I was 14. Okay. Yeah. So when we were, the, the yeah, the courts now and all, all the notion that I was having that it was all my fault, that I, I knew the man, even when we went to the Rainbow Center, the the nurses there were just like, but just come out, so tan. When they on a different on first end. This, but I got there and I was bleeding, and that was all they said. So from that moment on, I was just discouraged about the whole issue. And when they had said that to in the presence of my father, he didn't have the confidence and trust.
0: When they said, who said what?
1: The nurses at the Rainbow Center. Mm-hmm. They were there. This is not your first time. You've been doing it after us. Now you you, you come here, you want to give another person problem. I was like, but this is my first time. I'm bleeding, and look at the pain that I'm in. Look at my body, all this bruising. They were like, bro, it's because of the beating that you had received from your father. So, like.
0: What year was this? It
1: was like in, mm, 2005. Um, no, it's not two thousand and five, six, seven. I, cause I entered secondary two thousand and six, mm-hmm. and I left two thousand and twelve. Okay. So it was two thousand and eight. Okay. Yes, two thousand and eight. So Eleven
0: years. Eleven years ago. Yes.
1: Okay. Tell me, you said
0: that your, um, your friend had said that she knew him yeah. and that like they li- he lived in the same compound um, with, his, with, her, with her, her aunt. She said that she recognized him. Um, what did she have to say when she found out
1: what he had done? She said she don't know him that was the first time that she, she even met him and all and i was like but you told me you knew him you told me that he stays in the same compound with you and she was like no i didn't say something like that so oh, i don't know him oh, that sort of stops like that you know mm-hmm. so from then i just didn't have the confidence in you know, all in friendship because i saw it as a betrayal and all even if she knew him she had denied him then. I don't have no, anything to do to her. She said she don't know him, and sh- that was it. But deep down, I knew she, she knew him. Mm-hmm. But she was just trying to say protect him or to protect herself. But I knew she knew him because their conversation when we were together, all indicated that they knew each other. Mm-hmm. But when it had happened that way, she claimed she hadn't met him. She don't know him and all that. Okay. Um. So
0: before you were 18 years old, you were sexually abused by your aunt's boyfriend and then you were raped um, in someone's house. Um, And in the in-between, your parents (laughs) beat you a lot. Um, What I'm trying to understand is where do you think that you, like, you know, your family failed you or the community failed you what could have been done for jane at the age of six or seven or for jane at the age of 14 15 to protect you what what should what should have been done what do you what do you think needed what do you think you needed to protect you from what happened to you
1: well, I'll start by the, the age of six, seven, eight, around that time that my uncle that my auntie's boyfriend used to come around but I can't leave my child with an older man for some time alone in a house not knowing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was okay leaving me with him, but they don't they didn't know what I was going through when whenever they left me with him in the house. Mm-hmm well because if you leave a child unattended whatever happened if the child is not bold enough to tell you you'll never know what happened mm-hmm. and that was my case then i didn't have someone to say voice my complaint to or to meet say this and this has been going on and know we didn't have that avenue in our family so i think what what was lacking the the link that was missing and I'll say it's still missing, it's communication. Because we were, we were not taught that when you are touched in this way and this way, it's not right. You should immediately inform your parents when something like this occurs, you know. So it was like, I didn't feel comfortable. But maybe if I go to my parents, it will be like something that is okay. And I'll be just criticizing him for nothing. So that was my say my 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 mindset that was how i was looking it then and when the issue of the rape occurred in our house even if it then even if you 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 throw you 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 throw a cup of water you get some beating because then the vibe that we had all if you don't if we don't beat you and all you'll not be straight in life you'll just be like any other person you you will be untrained and also anything that you do even if it's a light mistake you get uh, flogged Mm -hmm. that was our our, our environment that we, we grew up with and we were not allowed to say socialize with others so anything that's happened you keep it to yourself because if you you go out and something happened to you and they say, who are you in company with? You say, I was in the company of so-so person. They'll say, oh, you see why we don't allow you to go out? Mm -hmm. You see why we don't allow you to mix with other people? So that has been a challenge. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, You said that, like, you know, a big issue is communication. Um, They didn't tell you... Who wasn't supposed to touch you and also just they created an environment where you didn't feel like you could talk to them um, about what was going on with you and the things that you were experiencing what does not having a safe space or a safe person to talk to about your experiences what does that what has that done to you internally what does that what does what has that done to your personality how do you feel like it has impacted your your life
1: well it has affected me greatly because as it is, as it is right now i don't say i don't know how to socialize with others even if in a, i'm in a garden, and i'll just be on my own because I don't know how I'll approach others that will be okay or that they'll see comfortable and all. Because when I was growing up till this day, even if I'm home, I don't have say where I'll go sit down and talk. I'll just be in my room. If it's TV, I'll watch. If there's no TV, I'll sleep the whole of the day. If I don't have anything to do, even if I don't feel like sleeping, I'll just be in there. Because I don't have that relationship with others. That has been the way that I have been brought up. I don't have friends that I will share my innermost thoughts with. Mm -hmm. All Everything will just be bottled up within myself. I don't have, say, someone, a cousin or say an aunt that something happened to me that I will just go and feel free to explain my issues with. Mm -hmm. So that has affected me greatly and it has somehow that i have some low self-esteem issues and all so that has been my problem and it's still my problem okay. um tell me about your life
0: now um what do you do and you know are you are you happy do you feel fulfilled do you feel like you're thriving do you feel like you know You're living your best life. Tell me about your life. How would you characterize your life?
1: Mm -hmm. My life for now, I'll say I don't feel satisfied with my life because I just feel unfulfilled. I just have the feeling that I've not even started with my life. I don't have anything that I'll say this is my life for now. I'm satisfied with where I am today, you know. So, I'm not satisfied with my life. What will life.
0: make you satisfied? What do you need?
1: Hmm. I think when I'll be through my education and start starts earning my own income and all, don't be dependent on some people for some certain thing, then I'll feel maybe I'll feel satisfied or fulfilled. But for now, I know.
0: You told me that you have a
1: daughter tell me about your daughter oh she's good her name is Josephine Mm -hmm. I'm trying my best for her not to be in this my situation at this age to be feeling unfulfilled in life and all so whatever I do now I just try to be the best for her just try to focus on building her for her not to have the kind of issues that I'm having, creating the environment for us to talk and all, even if people are saying, oh, you are encouraging this girl too much, she talks too much, she says everything, she says, I say, just leave her like that. I didn't have such opportunities in life. Probably if I had such opportunities, I would not be the way that I am. So I'm just satisfied with the way she is. She's good. She's brilliant. She's very beautiful. <laughs> She is my
0: hope. Um, is her father in her life?
1: Oh, somehow. Okay. he's somehow there. I just allow him to be, let it don't be like she does not have a father. But 95, 98% of our responsibilities are all my burden You know.
0: How did you um, meet her father? Tell me about your relationship with him.
1: Uh, I met him when I was in school. We had a, relation- a relationship for about two years before I got pregnant, but I was in school and I was taking my final was exam to uh, exit, secondary. The day that i took my last paper that was the day that my father asked me to leave his house to go to the house that to the to the man that impregnated me so i went there we were fine no till i was about eight nine months then the abuse set in but for now we're not in a relationship but the abuse was so severe that i had to walk away even then the time that i walked away from the relationship i still loved him but i was like what is the use of love if you are not alive so that was my courage i said before he kills me in this relationship that i'm saying that i love him i love him and he doesn't see that all he sees is just jealousy and all even if i talk to someone when he's around and all won't even believe that i don't know the person or the person we are talking something harmless i'll receive some beating and all so i got fed up what
0: so your father used to beat you Mm -hmm. and the first major relationship you had Mm -hmm. your boyfriend beats you i don't i don't have the words like what does that do to a person? Like, what do you think? You know, what what goes through your head?
1: Yeah, well, initially when it started, I was like, oh, sometimes maybe this is something that is my fate to be receiving beating. But when it got to the point that it was severe, I said, no, this can't be my fate. Why should it, it be get my severe? fate? Oh, when he was beating me, so at times he used cord, electric cord to strangle me. You know, it got to a point that even if he he will be beating me inside his room, his cousin in the next room will be loud in their TV as if I'm sort of a nuisance or I'm causing noise or in the area. When you're asking for help. Yeah, so I was like, no, this can't be love. I can't be suffering, and I don't have no one, even in his own house, to come to my rescue. So even if I'm dead here, because initial my my dad is is not in support was not in support of the relationship till this day, he doesn't want to see him in his house. So I was like, okay. if I can't die now, and I can't for me, become pardon say no, and this is my answer. So I I just had to say leave the relationship before. got to a point where i would be deformed and all because i had so i i i currently have some bruises in my body that i've used all metal to say to remove them it's just there i just see it as this is a reminder of my past Mm -hmm. and a reminder of me not to take any kind of this kind of thing in any other relationship Mm
0: -hmm. um what do you think we need to do in Sierra Leone right like in Freetown in Sierra Leone at the schools what do you think we need to do to to make sure that girls who are growing up here and young women um, that they don't have the kinds of experiences that you've had what do you think we need to do
1: well, I, I what I think is lacking in the schools is an environment for a child to give a complaint, even if it's a complaint of a parent, and they have someone that will give them a listening ears, or even if the person does not complain. You just look at this person and say every week like she is odd, like when I was in school, most of the time it will be the sun will be so heavy, but I'll have my long attire, long sleeve mm-hmm. just covering up the the, the the marks on my body and you know, all, because I was like ashamed to every two weeks, three weeks I'll be going to school with some marking to my body Who was for my you the markings? Oh, for my parents right, you know okay. so like I was like scared. But now I, I, don't, I don't see teachers like asking, why are you always putting on this thing? Or where did you get this beating? What happened to your face? Stuff like that. Because at times I'll go to school, my face is all blue. But I don't have the teacher that will ask me, what is wrong with you? Or why are you coming to school late? Why are you not dressed properly and all? Because at times I'll be dressed for school and all. And say my parents my dad or my mom they start beating me I'll go to school maybe my uniform is torn you know but I don't have the teacher that will ask me what happened to you mm-hmm. so I'll just continue my day not going in the way of another teacher let me don't go and get another beating and mm-hmm. you know, So I'll just be dull in my corner don't have time for anybody so if Teachers see like a child having some of these traits, always keeping to oneself and all. It's in their best interest to call and ask, what is wrong with you? why are you feeling? Are you okay? And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Even if the child maybe says he's not suffering from abuse, but maybe the person Something's he coming. went to school may so sick... Mm-hmm. But you just have to show the concern, but the concern is not there for some teachers. Because why I say for some, because I don't know for others right. what is happening there. But for some teachers and all my experience, I don't, I have not sworn day say, meet a teacher that asks me, what's wrong with you, where did you get this bruising, why is your face so blue, why are your eyes filled with blood, something mm-hmm. like that, so, okay. yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I do not have the words because when you said that, oh, you, you know, when I put out the call that you know I want to talk to anybody who wants to share their story about, you know, any kind of like abuse that they've encountered. It never occurred to me that um, it would be such a story, um, you know in my head I'm like okay maybe somebody will have one story of one thing that's happened to them Um, but it's like you've had so many difficult um, you've had so many difficult experiences there's been so many times when you weren't protected Um, when your family didn't protect you you weren't protected in school your friend didn't protect you the police didn't protect you. The nurses didn't protect you. So I, I guess my question is, where did you find the courage to want to talk? Because um, you could have seen that and you could have not said anything, but what made you want to tell me or talk to me? Why did you want to tell me your story?
1: why i wanted to tell my stories because i just want to let it out maybe because for now most of the time i'll be like really angry maybe when i I have say come out with my story for this maybe i'll say have ease Mm -hmm. i'll have rest in mind and all But at times for not just because I'll be really upset, really angry, don't want to see anyone, don't want to talk, don't want to eat. I'll just be like angry at everything that happened, even if music that is the thing that I enjoy doing, singing and all. I don't even want to hear music. I don't want to listen to anything. I'll just want to be like mute at the same time, blind, don't want to see, don't want to feel, don't want to hear. I'll just be like numb. So maybe when I've voiced out this maybe I'll have a rest. So that's why I decided that I need to see and talk to someone because I've not spoken about some of these experiences to anyone. Maybe the people that know about this experience are close members of our family, you know and some community people that were see around when some of the things were happening. But for my childhood experiences with my uncles, my cousins, and uh, my aunties, I've never even spoken to anybody about it. It has just been in me. You know? So maybe I, I, it's about time that I share my story.
0: Okay. Um, we're almost wrapping up, but I don't want to let you go without talking to you about music because you've said that you love music so much i also really really love music i listen to music every day because it just um i don't know it feeds my soul um what's your favorite song do you have any favorite songs or is this like a difficult thing i've asked you yeah
1: <laughs> it's, it's really difficult it's really difficult i i like music i like the the the, the fact that people are able to express themselves to songs and all so like when listening to different music mm-hmm. i find myself in pieces of some of the musics that i listening to like say some reggae musics and all and some the those dance all and what well, I just find myself in some of them yeah. some of the stories and all I just see bits and pieces of myself in them so I just did so. you say
0: you could sing
1: oh yeah I sing in my church <laughs> <laughs> I'm the leading soprano in my church really yeah
0: that's fantastic do you yeah. want to like share some of your music
1: with me uh, mm, maybe some other time but not now. <laughs>
0: Maybe I'll invite you yeah. to my church. No, right? like a freestyle, not church. Not oh, church music. I'll, I'll... What's your favorite reggae song? Oh, who's your favorite reggae artist?
1: Oh, uh, Vicky Notman. Do now. you like...
0: Um, is it Morgan Heritage?
1: Do you like Morgan Heritage? I listen to, that, to their songs, yeah. Yeah?
0: Which one of their songs do you like? Or do you like... Who else is there? I mean, of course, you have to like Bob Marley if you like reggae. <laughs> I
1: mean... Yeah.
0: I love Lucky Doobie. Do you like Lucky Doobie? Oh,
1: Lucky Doobie, yeah. He, he, he was... I have one of my cousins that he so much loved those songs, mm-hmm. and any time that the music are playing, he will be like dancing, <laughs> like how they, they are dancing in the, the video clip. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, for music, so maybe some other time, mm-hmm. but for now, I don't have the zeal. Sure, sure. I understand that was jane
0: she is 25 and she is a woman in sierra leone who today found the courage to speak the unspeakable my name is vicky Rameau, and you've been listening to the go woman podcast um, brought to you by go woman magazine you can download this podcast or listen to it on GoWomanAfrica.com. thank you so much for listening i hope you find the courage to speak your own unspeakable as we work towards making our communities safer for girls and women. Thank you
1: and catch up with you next time. Tata.